Hi, I'm Dr. John Newfeld, and you're watching Truth and Life Today. And today we're going to talk about both humor and mirth, and we're going to talk about suffering at the same time. And you might be wondering, is it possible to go through a deep valley of suffering and still have a delight in one's own spirit? Is that possible? How do you do that? Clearly, we need to talk. It's important to face these realities because unless we do, we'll never know what to do next. Uh, David Paulison is professor of practical theology at Westminster Theological Seminary. He's an author. He's written extensively on biblical counseling. He's a wonderful, refreshing voice to hear in the field. And I'd like to read to you from him. He says, Suffering really is meant to wean you from sin and strengthen your faith. If you are godless, then suffering magnifies sin, he says. We will become more bitter, despairing, addictive, fearful, frenzied, avoidant, sentimental, godless in how we go about life. Will we pretend it's business as usual? Will we come to terms with death on our own terms? But if you are gods, he writes, then suffering in the hands of Christ will change you always slowly, sometimes quickly. You'll come to terms with life and death on his terms. He will gently lead you. He'll purify you. He'll cleanse you of vanities. He will make you need him more and love him more. Of course, you'll fail at times, perhaps seized by irritability or brooding escapism or fears but he will always pick you up when you stumble. You will continue to seek and find Jesus Christ. Well, that's our hope. Now, it really is possible to go through a very deep valley and still find joy. And look, sometimes people will say to me, do you believe in healing? And the answer is, of course I do. I believe that Christ can at any moment decide to heal us now, but I promise you something else. There is a disease that you will not be healed from. You will die of it, and it's the very last one that you have. And secondly, the Bible tells us that we are to identify with Christ, that is, we are to be united with Christ, both in his suffering and in his dying, so that we might also be united with him in his resurrection. That is, Christ's future and our future are to be linked together. So look, our Lord and Savior went the way of a cross. His pathway was suffering and death, and he invites us to enter deeply into his life. Now, while we do that, we can encounter sorrow and still be filled with joy. There can be laughter that springs to our mouths. There can be times of just, you know, roaring, rip-roaring laughter in which we find our joy in Christ. So that's why I'm interviewing Phil Calloway. Uh, Phil is a colleague of mine. He uh, is the author of, I think, very close to 30 books. Um, and he appears on something called Laugh Again. He's often a guest speaker. He's a comedian. He's funny. And yet at the same time, Phil has gone through a very deep and dark valley. We're going to find out about that dark valley. And I'm going to ask him the question, where does joy come from? You're going to want to hear this because for everyone who's going through a dark valley today, you can go through a dark valley, still find purpose and meaning in Christ, hope in him, and recognize your best days are not behind you. They are definitely ahead of you in Christ, and you can also fill your heart with laughter. Find out how as we interview Phil Calloway. 
Phil Calloway, welcome to Truth and Life today. Joy to have you. Thank you, John. Um, you know, we're not going to do humor today. No. No. What? <laughs> I don't do anything else well. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to. You're going to okay. have to. All right. All right. Straighten up. <laughs> but wow, I feel like I, I'm back I, in fifth grade. I, I can say this because I'd say this if your back was turned and you weren't in the room. I'd say, you're one of the funniest guys I know. <laughs> and I would just cross the street to hear you any time. Uh, and yet, for a guy who spends his lifetime doing humor, I mean, the more I've gotten to know you... Um, it wasn't an easy street to get there. I mean, it wasn't like your life was so funny. I don't think it was. Yeah. No, uh, it, it wasn't, and yet I think it was bearable <laughs> up until I, I had written my first two books, and they were doing very well. Yeah. And suddenly, uh, phone rang, and my wife uh, is on the phone. I pick it up. I had actually just been writing out a line, my visa card is missing, but the thief is spending less than my wife. Uh, so I haven't reported it yet, which I thought was funny, but it wasn't funny at all. It was my wife on the line saying, uh, her, her words were, honey, help me. I don't know what day it is. I don't know where I am. And the phone went dead. So where were you? Where was she? <clears throat> I was in my office at Prairie Bible College writing an article. So I had about a, I, I think I made it home in less than three minutes, which was probably the fastest I've ever run in my life. Uh, came in the front door and our kids were small at the time, but Ramona was in the living room. Uh, she was just, she was unconscious lying on the floor in a pool of blood, a large gash in her leg. She just had the first seizure of her life and the first of really hundreds, I suppose, to come. Um, and, you know, where do you go in the midst of that? You're kind of the funny guy. Uh, I remember doing an interview uh, on the radio uh, in in our bedroom, um, and and the guy was basically saying, "Make us laugh." Yeah. And I turned my head, and my wife is in the living room, and she's just just gotten over a seizure, and all I can think of is she's going to have another one. So I'll just watch her while I try to make people laugh. Huh. And it's this strange dichotomy. And now behind these seizures, and and this went on for. About five years. About yeah. five years. Mm -hmm. um, but there was another shadow that lurked behind right. that, yes. which made you think that maybe, maybe, um, this is only a symptom of something yeah. far more formidable. Right, and it was. So seizures are, are one of the things that, that can happen to those affected by Huntington's disease, Huntington's chorea, they call it. It's a dance Korea of a, of a person that, that cannot uh, control their 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 muscles, uh, and and much worse, it's um, it, it affects your mind. And in the midst of this, uh, she was being tested, and so we waited ten months for the results of that test. We found out on February fourteenth, which is Valentine's Day, that she did not have the gene for Huntington's. Uh, they told us in the most unusual way. I hope they've fixed that now. But we had gone through all these testings. They, they uh, Actually, they wanted to know. We had to meet with a psychiatrist uh, to see if she, could if she could handle the bad information that was coming. That was part of the process. Um, but she did not have it. And uh, so we are so grateful. And yet in the midst of this, three of her siblings found out that they had it. Now, let's just slow down because Huntington's is genetic, Yes. It's passed on through family lines. Right. 
and it affects 50%. Am I it right? It does. You're exactly right. So uh, her father had it. And, so she would have a 50% chance of 50% having 50% chance. Her father actually drowned when she was eight years of age. Uh, she watched her dad drown in a flood. Um, uh, they were out in a boat, and uh, and that's what happened. So uh, she told me that when she was 16. She told it very matter-of-factly huh. and said, I'm fine. It's not a big deal. Uh, but it became a big deal. As we got older, I realized how much that affected her. Um, so yes, you, you're right. It, it is just, it's neurological. If your father has it or your mother has it, you have a 50-50 chance of the gene. So from onset to death, yeah. I mean, it's a progression down. It, it affects your nerves. You're unable right. to control yes. bodily movements. Right. There's a, there's a mental impact as well. There is. Yeah. And, and we began to see this in her sisters and her, uh, her brother, uh, two sisters and a brother that had it. Uh, Dennis was actually curled up in the fetal position for 10 years uh, in a Vancouver nursing home. Uh, that's how difficult it is. Uh, you know, John, I'll tell you, the... During that, and, and I don't, I, I, it's maybe easy for me to say because I'm on the other side of this thing. Mm-hmm. There's often, I will say to Ramona, I, I don't know why we were spared. I don't know why my kids are spared of this because my brothers in law have not, this is not the case for them. So we just have taken it as this gift of God, and our lives are in His hands, and we want to serve Him with what we have. But, um, so you've been to, so you walk through this with Ramona, but while you're walking through it with Ramona and finding in joy that that deeper shadow of Huntington's will not affect her, and yet for three of her siblings, I think you've been to their funerals. Yes, we have. And you know, we have stood with the spouses of her siblings and found three people who love Jesus, who have served him, who have put themselves, uh, you know, Christ came to serve, not to serve. And they've done this. And it has maybe more than anything else in my life been to me an example of what I need to be. And I'm so bad at it. But I I just, you know, Bill, my dear brother-in-law, he phoned me two days before his his wife passed away. and, And he said this to me. Which really took me off guard. He said, she let me hold her hand today. I said, Bill, what are you saying? He said, she hasn't let me touch her for years. And that is Huntington's. So for 25 years, he nursed this dear wife of his. Um, so he stood with her for 25 years as she's slowly dying, realizing it won't be reversed. Right. now, you know, there are those, let's just talk about that for a moment, I mean, just a little more philosophical, but there are those who are going to say, you know, if you had faith, oh. well, that Huntington's would all go away. You just claim it away in the name of Jesus. How do you respond to that? I had a guy drive from White Rock, British Columbia to my house to sit in my office and tell me those words. You know, if you just had enough faith, this wouldn't be an issue. It would be gone. And, and in hindsight, John, this won't sound very Christian, but... I might want to grab him and say, just if you have enough faith, what is going to take place in the next three seconds won't feel, <laughs> won't, won't hurt at all. Okay. Um, I didn't do that, but I was, you know, I, I was processing this at the time myself. I, I was kind of a, um, I was angry at God. 
for some of the things going on. I hadn't figured it out. I still don't have all these things figured out, of course. Uh, but I have just, I've come to the place of realizing that, that these, th- these things come into our lives. God allows them that some of this, I'll tell you, it's a test for us, I think, for the life to come. <laughs> but it's, it is a, uh, to, to find in it blessing, which is what I began to do, to thank God. And my wife, even being with her siblings who are, are passing away, for her to be able to say, we had such good years together. Um, there's always something to be grateful for. Gratitude, uh, joy grows best in the soil of thanksgiving. Yeah. And, and we came to that point. We, I wish we came to it sooner. Uh, we're there now. Um, you know, I recently read a quote from Abraham Heschel, who was a Jewish a theologian. And Heschel said that there are two kinds of faith. He was commenting on Job. And he says, one is the kind of faith that is shaken by difficult events, and the other is the kind of faith that is established by difficult events. So that Job's faith, he comes to see who God is through the suffering, and therefore he can't be shaken anymore. Um, and I think that's what's happened to you as I watch your uh, life and Ramona. And, and Phil, what I want to get at when we come back is, is uh, think about this. What is it that allows you to have this joyful heart in all of this? Because your joy comes out of that crucible, out of that prism of suffering. And uh, I mean, I've been at, you know, I've been at your events. I, you don't look like a suffering man. You got, I mean, <laughs> you got this, you. yeah, you, you look like a person who's just on top of the world. How did that happen? I want to know that from you. And I think, Phil, that there are a lot of people watching this who want to know that from you too. So you want to be right back. We'll be back with Phil Calloway. It's important to face these realities because unless we do, we'll never know what to do next. I'm back with Phil Calloway. Uh, Phil, um, you've been the author of many books. Um, you're heard daily, Laugh Again. Um, and uh, it's at the end of my program, so I love just staying on to listen to myself and, and uh, listening to Phil Calloway. But, Phil, we've been talking about suffering and that your life hasn't been an easy breeze. So I want to ask you, I think, the most important question I can ask you, and that is where does the joy come from? Hmm. Boy, I, I tell you, the, the biggest area for me is the sovereignty of God. I'm not sure. Let's flesh that out. God is God sovereign. Is sovereign. Means... He's on the throne. Yeah. Um, this didn't come as a surprise to him. He knows. He knows exactly what I'm going through. He knows what I'm drinking for lunch here, Gatorade or whatever it is. Um, he knows me and he loves me. And it is his desire that I be more like him. And uh, he is going to be with me whatever comes. And it's that... But the other pillar, perhaps, is the grace of God um, that, that really has, has transformed my life coming from a place of Phariseeism and, you know, where, where if I just measure up. Then, so let's, 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 let's break out yeah. that Phariseeism piece. Yeah. What are the, how do I know if I'm a kind of a, how do I know if I'm, I'm a, 
I'm a closet Pharisee just waiting to come out. <laughs> yes, how do I know? I that? wish I had a great theological answer. I, in my own case, it was uh, I. I really thought I could impress God. Ha! Huh. I just did. I, I, you know, I knew that if I jumped through all these right hoops, then God would kind of owe me. So I would get to heaven and I would go, ha ha! I'm here, as you know. Well, in Philippians, Paul talks that way. When he was a Pharisee, he says, as to legalistic righteousness, faultless. Right. I did it, he said. So in my own mind, before he was a Christian, I was pleasing to God in the way I was living. Right. Yeah. And and grace is just sneaks up on that. And, you know, there... I realize, in, in fact, there's a, a wonderful word that we banter around all the time, this karma. Um, uh, you, you get what you deserve. And I'm thinking, if I got what I deserve, John, it wouldn't be real pretty, yeah, you know? But we deserve hell. I, yes, I get what I do not deserve. And so I live a thankful life in gratitude. So when you talk about Pharisaism, so I, I measure up and then God is obligated right. to give me what I deserve. Right. And if I don't get it, I'm mad at him. Well, exactly. So suffering comes into your life. But I think if I live a Pharisaic life, there's one thing I need. And that is I need to think I'm a lot better than I am. Hmm. I need to underrate my own sin yeah, um, and not take it seriously enough. But grace says... It's exactly the opposite. I get what I didn't deserve. So when you go through suffering, so I am pushing you on this, when you go through suffering, I mean, do you say to yourself, this is what I deserve? Or I think one side of you definitely does because you you learn that when you're growing up in Pharisees. Ah, Um, And so I I did that. But the cross smashes that, right? The cross. It does. Because Christ got what you deserved. Yeah. Yes. So now he suffered in your place. So that's done. And see, this is the thing about the cross of Jesus. Yeah. You know, it says, um, all my sins were laid on him. He satisfied the justice of God. So justice issues been dealt with. Right. It, and yet with, with me, it was, you know, people would say things like, you know, every time you do that, every time you fall short, uh, he dies again. He climbs up onto that cross again. Oh my! Yes, not, but not, not once satisfied, for all. Not once for it all. is finished, apparently. No, but it is finished ah. by the grace of God. We are. It's so amazing. I, I, talk about grace. I I, I want to read this to you, just John. You haven't heard this. Um, David Ireland was dying from a crippling neurological disease. His wife was expecting. And he got thinking, I'm a writer. I want to leave something behind for my unborn child. I'm just going to read a little bit of what he says. Just to give you an idea of the kind of people in my life, like Bill, and uh, your mother is very special. Taking her out to dinner means she has to dress me, shave me, taking her out to dinner <laughs> means she has to dress me, shave me, brush my teeth, comb my hair, wheel me out of the house and down the steps, open the garage, put me in the car, take the pedals off the chair, stand me up, sit me in the seat of the car, twist me around so that I'm comfortable, fold the wheelchair, put it in the car, go around to the other side of the car, start it up, back it out, get out of the car, pull the garage door down, get back into the car and drive off to the restaurant and then it starts all over again. Finally, we sit down to dinner. She feeds me throughout the entire meal. When it's over, she pays the bill, pushes the wheelchair out to the car again, reverses the same routine. And with real warmth, she'll say, Honey, thank you for taking me out to dinner. I never quite know what to answer. When I have to wash my hair, this involves sitting with my shirt off in front of the sink. There's a mirror there, and I'm able to look at myself, the muscles, the flesh having slowly disappeared. 
I begin to feel depressed. And she will say, oh, don't look. I'm going to take that silly mirror down if you don't stop admiring yourself. Then your mother will sit down, place my hand in her lap and say, you're so handsome to me. You're the most handsome man in the world. I love you so much. And somehow, out of the ancient well of our experience together, I know she means it. Not something. Those are the kind of people that my. I have been surrounded by. My. And you know, atheism gives zero purpose in suffering. Um, it 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 certainly isn't fine tuning for us in this life or the next. And Buddhism, as you know so well, suffering comes from the desire to have things. It ceases when desire ceases. You let go of desire or, or craving, and you enter uh, something Buddhists call dispassion. The Christian believes that we are to be passionate in our pursuit of Christ, of the right things. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. There is purpose in suffering. You had sent me something from David uh, Paulson um, on, on the things that it does to wean us from sin in our lives. And I've seen that. It's an ongoing process until the day I'm gone from this earth. But suffering... Um, is this gift I wouldn't have chosen, and yet it uh, it has transformed my life. Yeah, I, you know, suffering is not something that any of us, I don't think, run to. I don't think so. But if we actually believe that God is preparing for us the best conceivable eternity, and he knows by his sovereignty, you talk about the sovereignty of God, he knows by his sovereignty what we need to secure the best possible eternity, I mean, suddenly it lifts us from resentfulness. Uh, Paul says these momentary light afflictions. He calls them light, but they're not light. But he's not saying they're light. He says he's comparing the afflictions to the eternal Eternal weight weight in glory. So next to the weight of joy comes these light afflictions in the present moment to make us ready for this great joy. Um, wow. I think it's grace, yes. I mean, the, the, the works thing adds nothing to you. The Phariseeism and I will do A, B, and C and therefore earn. And if I believe this in this way, then I won't suffer. I mean, all those, you know, formulas take away the, 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 the grace and that wellspring, that joy that I see in you, Phil. It's, it flows it's a, a work of grace. It's just of God then. And it's, it's not just you. I see it in your wife as well because she's the one that's lost her siblings. She is. Yeah. Um, I have seen bitter faces. Hers is not one. No. <laughs> it's amazing. It's not. No, I mean, her she joy has to live with you on top of I know. I know what a blessing that is to her. But, you know, John, one of the, one of the byproducts of this is that we are able to speak into the lives of others uh, in ways that we never would have been were it not for this. And I think of you know, speaking as I just did at, at a secular event. And, and you have to be so careful when, when you know, I, I mean, above anything else in my life, I am a follower of Jesus. And yet I get to speak at these events, not because I'm a follower of Jesus, but because uh, I had some experience and I make people laugh. And I told about our sister, uh, Ramona's sister, Cynthia, or not Cynthia, uh, Miriam, dying of Huntington's disease, and her doctor said, you are only showing at this point 50% of the symptoms associated with Huntington's. And he said, uh, we think your belief in a higher power might have helped you. And she started to laugh. And she said, that would be God. <laughs> and she said, life is falling apart at the edges, but not at the core. Huh? Right at the core, I know that I'm loved by God. 
I'm loved by my husband, and I'm promised the eternal joys of heaven. And then she said, I, I've also got a fridge magnet that says, Lord, if you can't make me thin, make my friends look fat. <laughs> so laughter has had a big part in her life as well. Uh, but down to, seven, down to 42 pounds, Miriam, at the end, she, she was uh, filled with joy. Nurses told us, one of them who dealt with severe depression said, I go into Miriam's room. I talk to her when I'm discouraged and depressed, and, and she brings me out of it. The joy of the Lord was truly her strength. Phil Calloway, thank you so much for bringing joy and laughter and to do it in a realistic way. God bless you. You too. Thanks. It's important to face these realities because unless we do, we'll never know what to do next. I've often been asked to speak about heaven because in the end of the day, that is our hope. We will forever be with the Lord, and there is a day when mourning and crying and pain will be no more. It's going to be gone forever. Uh, That is what we know is our future, and that's why every believer can say, my best days are definitely ahead of me, and they are not behind me. But I have really enjoyed getting to know Phil because As I've said before, he's one of the funniest guys that I know, and yet at the same time, I look at the struggles and the suffering that has happened in his extended family, and I recognize that there are a great many people that shake their fist at God and say, why would you allow that? Instead, Phil has allowed his heart to be filled with faith, recognizing that God is shaping and chastening him. This idea of the sovereignty of God, this idea that God is designing all things in my life to to maximize my long-term good and that God is in control, I mean, that's the hope of the believer. I would encourage you as a believer, if you're going through a hard time right now, relish that thought. Yes, pray for healing, but relish the thought that God has an eternal future and would never have allowed this to happen were it not that he had greater designs on your life. You don't even have to know what those designs are. You have to know that God is sovereign, and that's what he intends. His hand is a good hand. You want to rejoice in him. Well, that's truth in life today, and I thank you for being with us. Join us again next week as we engage you again in matters of both truth and life. Uh, Thanks for joining us today, and please make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more interviews, episodes, and Bible teaching content. Uh, Thanks for joining us today.